Hello and welcome to TP Talks, PwC's Global Transfer Pricing podcast series, where PwC tax professionals share their perspective on key transfer pricing developments. Today we will be discussing the release by the Australian Taxation Office, or ATO, of a practical compliance guideline on inbound distribution arrangements and what it means for multinationals operating in Australia from a transfer pricing perspective. My name is Dana Hart, and joining me today from our PwC Sydney office, I have Edwin Bagdasarian, a transfer pricing partner, Sarah Stevens, a transfer pricing director, and Kareem Raphael, also a transfer pricing director, who will be our moderator for this podcast. Kareem, I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to you to get our discussion started. Great. Thanks a lot, uh, Dana, for the introduction. And Ed, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Looking forward to the next 15 minutes with, um, with, with both of you. So the topic of corporate tax avoidance has, has really been at the forefront of the political debate in Australia for the, for the better part of the last decade, really. And Australia has been a significant contributor to, to the OECD's BETS initiative particularly since hosting the the G20 summit in 2014. Um, And worth noting that Australia has also been uh, one of the early adopters of a number of the measures that came out of the BETS initiative, including the country-by-country reporting, requirements, changes to to the OECD's transfer pricing guidelines, um, as well as the implementation of of hybrid mismatch rules. And then separately on on the domestic front, um, Australia has also enacted a number of um, unilateral measures um, that were aimed at further protecting its tax base. And these have included, for example, uh, the multinational anti-avoidance legislation uh, and the diverted uh, profits tax. Now, in the same vein, the, the ATO um, also released a number of administrative guidance materials, um, including one that we refer to here um, in Australia as practical compliance guidelines or, or PCGs. So in the words of the ATO, really, PCGs are intended to provide broad law um, administration guidance to really address the practical implications of, um, of, of, of administering tax laws in Australia. And in the context of today's discussion, um, the PCGs that we're going to be talking about are really risk assessment frameworks um, that are released by the ATO in relation to some specific types of related party transactions and that are really intended to provide guidance to taxpayers on how the ATO will allocate its compliance resources um, according to the level of risks associated with these types of transactions. So, so just for completeness, really, PCGs are to be contrasted with rulings in the first instance, which are really intended for the ATO to express a view on the application of a specific tax law provision, whereas I mentioned previously, uh, PCGs are really intended to be more of an assessment framework um, on, on how the ATO will allocate compliance resources. So to date and really um, in the last three years, the ATO has released three transfer pricing PCGs, one on inbound and outbound hubs, the second one on intercompany um, financing arrangements, and now the most recent one on inbound distribution arrangements. And, and that's really going to be the one that we're going to talk about today. And maybe as a final comment before I, I throw back to, to our other speakers, these three PCGs or transfer pricing PCGs really follow a traffic light type model, uh, which are essentially based on a variety of quantitative and qualitative factors. And once this assessment is made, it really gives you a, a level of risk that's associated with, um, with the arrangements that are being reviewed. 
So as I mentioned, today's focus is going to be on the latest of the ATO's PCGs, the one on inbound distribution arrangements. So Sarah, you were part of the ATO's consultation process leading up to the release of the PCG, and you'll definitely have a lot of valuable insights here for, for us today, but maybe in the first instance, can you walk us through who the PCG will apply to um, and what are the key features of the PCG? Sure, thanks Karim. This PCG that the ATO released earlier this year is focused on businesses operating in Australia involved in the sale and distribution of products that have been developed by a related party overseas. And that's quite a common business model. A lot of multinational groups will have their product development and manufacturing activities based outside Australia with a sales entity in Australia who is selling those products to customers in the Australian market. And it includes distribution of tangible goods as well as distribution of digital products and services. So if your business is predominantly the distribution of products, uh, then this guidance is likely to be relevant for you. There is a carve out if you happen to have agreed on your transfer pricing outcomes with the ATO, say through an advanced pricing agreement, uh, then this guidance is not applicable, but all other distributors um, should be considering this guidance. What the PCG lays out are a series of profit markers, the ATO refers to them as, uh, for different industry segments within the Australian market. So the, the four industries that are covered are life sciences, information and communications technology, motor vehicles, and then there's a fourth general distribution category which applies to everyone else who doesn't fit in, within one of those three specific categories. And the profit markers for each industry segment set out the ATO's expectations on the EBIT as a percentage of sales revenue that they consider to be high or low risk within each of those industry segments. And for two of the industries, life sciences and ICT, there are subcategories within those industries. If we take the general distribution category as an example, the ATO guidance for that industry segment is that if you're making an EBIT margin of less than 2.1%, they will consider that to be high risk. And to be low risk in the green zone, you need to be making an EBIT margin of more than 5.3% of your sales revenue. Those profit markers that the ATO has represented in the PCG are not the arm's length outcomes. Uh, so it doesn't mean if you're in the red zone that your transfer pricing is incorrect. It may still be the case that your position is supportable. However, it will be an indication to the ATO that you're potentially a higher risk taxpayer from their perspective. Um, and equally, if you happen to be in the green zone, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, your position is safe and you will still be expected to self-assess your transfer pricing compliance and prepare supporting transfer pricing documentation. The guidance that the ATO has released is effective from 13 March 2019. However, it is effectively putting the ATO's existing views out to the market. So we have seen the ATO already applying this when they have been reviewing outcomes for taxpayers that may have been achieved in years prior to the release of this guidance. And you may even receive a friendly letter from the ATO suggesting that you consider this guidance before lodging your next tax return. Great, thanks Sarah for, for these comments. That was a great summary of, of, of the PCG. The, the one thing that really stands out to me when I listen to you describe the, the PCG is, is the acknowledgement by the ATO that the profit markers do not necessarily represent arm's length outcomes. Uh, and especially that they're not to be considered as safe harbors uh, either. So Ed, if this is indeed the case, what is the ATO looking to achieve 
with the release of this PCG, and how have we seen the ATO use the PCG today? Yes, thanks, Grim. And um, touching on a couple of points that both you and Sarah raised so far in the session. So I think you mentioned at the start, this is different to a ruling, right? So the ATO's knowledge of the PCG is not law, but at the same time, it does serve an important purpose from the ATO's perspective. And that is by stating its views around what the ATO considers appropriate for the transfer pricing of the distributor, um, it is hoping to influence taxpayer behaviour to move um, aligned to outcomes considered more reasonable from the ATS perspective when it comes to transfer pricing and inbound distributors. And if we think about um, the reason why this is so effective and why the PCG is so effective for the ATO, um, just bringing it back to your introduction, Karim, so the ATO is considered one of the most sophisticated tax authorities around the world. It has focus areas around distribution, IP, financing, the list goes on. And there are a lot of um, risk review cases, there are a lot of audit cases around these topics, including the Top 1000 program, um, which they're halfway through rolling out. So whilst the HO has received increased funding and an increased staff in the transfer pricing area, um, they are stretched in, in many respects in respect to the caseload. The PCG for them is, is an effective methodology by which to influence taxpayer behaviour with what I'd call limited touch points. It's almost a tool out there which is designed to encourage taxpayers to self-assess or self-correct their transfer pricing. And it's the, the influencing of behaviours to move taxpayers to what I'd call um, as between the HO's flags. Um, when it comes to profit markers for inbound distributors. And through the risk assurance process, through the reportable tax position RTP schedule, through discussions in APAs, um, by taxpayers completing the, um, the PCG, they know where to focus their efforts when it comes to risk reviews because they know where companies are sitting um, in terms of distribution functions. So, if I was to summarise, it's a useful tool from two perspectives. It allows the HO to influence taxpayer behaviour um, with minimal investment um, and minimal touch points. And at the same time, by the fact that taxpayers have to complete the PCG schedule um, in many respects, um, they will know where to allocate their resources for risk review cases, for audit cases, by obviously starting with cases that are in the red zone and, and working the way forward. So it's quite a clever way, if you think about it from a policy perspective, to achieve both of these aims, given their busy transfer pricing and border tax workload as it stands today. Thanks, Ed. And, and one could really ask why inbound distribution arrangements are so important for, for the ATO. And I think Sarah briefly touched on it earlier um, and, and mentioned that a significant portion of the Australian corporate tax population really operates as as inbound distributors of multinationals that are um, that are headquartered overseas, so that therefore means that inbound distribution arrangements can potentially be a key risk area to, to the ATO, which is why um, their third PCG was was really targeted at those types of, of arrangements. So, Ed, you mentioned that the PCG is, is really about uh, influencing behaviors, and so the question that our listeners will certainly have is. What have companies and taxpayers actually done about that PCG? So, 
the companies will now have had about seven months to consider um, what's in the PCG and what an appropriate response is. And that seven months runs from the time that the draft PCG was released back in November. So I might maybe uh, call on both of you to provide us some comments on what have the taxpayers' responses been uh, to the PCG and, and how they've really addressed um, the challenges that come with a PCG like the one on inbound distribution arrangements. Sure, Corinne. So what taxpayers need to think about what they need to consider, I would say as a starting point, it's, it's a multifaceted question and hopefully Sarah and I over the next couple of minutes can provide some, some insight in terms of how to roadmap that thinking. So I guess I would say commencing the, the process with a couple of framing questions is what I would say. So, so questions around are you in scope? You know, are you caught by the ATO's inbound distribution PCG? Are you an inbound distributor by definition? Obviously a very important question. Um, will you be required to report your risk rating to the ATO at some stage under the PCG, whether it be through a risk review, whether it be through the RTP schedule, there are a couple of different means through which um, the ATO may get this information. And notwithstanding that, the question around if assuming you are uh, caught in the PCG, what's your EBIT margin? What's being earned by the Australian business? And based on that margin, what zone or risk category do you fall in within the PCG? And then measuring up, what's my result? What's my risk category? I guess the other broad question, which is important, is how does my result compare against my industry peers? Obviously, the HO looks at a lot of this data on a holistic macro basis. They've got great data mining capabilities especially with the country-by-country the country reporting. So it is important to understand how you stack up against the industry uh, as well as part of these considerations. So, Sarah, um, let's say we have gone through the framing questions. We know we fit within an, uh, the inbound distributor PCG. Um, we have applied the PCG. We have come up with the risk rating and, and, and the colour score. We have compared our results to our industry peers within the local market. Um, with those considerations, what's the next stage or what would the tax personnel in the Australian business be thinking about, either with conversations with the head of tax in Australia or with the global head of tax and transfer pricing overseas? Thanks, Ed. So let's assume you've self-assessed your risk and you're either red or amber. And you probably are, uh, because I'm looking at a picture where we've done some analysis based on public information on distribution businesses in Australia. And I would say at least three quarters of them are either red or amber. So that's probably where you're sitting today. So what do you do about that? What does that mean for you? Um, firstly, you'll need to give some thought to how comfortable you are with your current Australian TP position. So do you have strong documentation and your own benchmarking in place that supports the outcomes that you have returned? Um, or is there further work that you might need to do to review your position more carefully from a local perspective? That could include not just benchmarking analysis on your profit outcomes, but also thinking about your functional profile, particularly if you're in one of those industry categories that the ATO has divided into different segments. Um, so life sciences, as, as an example, um, you should think very carefully about which of the, the subcategories you might fit within based on the functions that you're performing locally in Australia. And also thinking about where you sit within the broader global value chain, both from a functional analysis perspective, 
And then also from a, a group perspective, um, what is the profitability across the global value chain? Because some of the profit outcomes the ATO is putting forward as, as what they consider to be low risk from an Australian perspective, uh, taking dis general distribution as an example, that 5.3% margin, if that's more than what's being made in the value chain globally, then it's probably going to be very difficult for the group to accept the Australian business making a big, bigger profit margin than is being made by the entire group globally. Uh, so those things will all need to be taken into account. And um, in the world of transparency that we are in today with country by country reporting and master files uh, that are readily available to tax authorities around the world, anything that you do in Australia is likely to be visible to other tax authorities around the world. So it's um, important to be careful in thinking about whether the position you're adopting in Australia will give rise to any risks or issues for the group in other countries around the world. So the options that you might have in going forward would include maintaining your current position and reviewing your documentation to think about whether you're comfortable that's robust enough if you are in a high risk category, which means there's a strong likelihood that you will be reviewed by the ATO at some point in the near future. Are you comfortable that your documentation is robust and addresses the specific requirements of the Australian CP rules, which are a little different and require some additional analysis than you might have if your documentation has been prepared only based on OECD guidance. Um, if you want to have a lower risk profile going forward and you believe that would be acceptable within your group's global transfer pricing policies and profile, you could consider adjusting your profit margins to move into a lower risk zone in the future. So if you're currently red or amber, you might consider it transitioning to an amber or green position in the future. Um, but as I said, um, you'd have to take into account the, the implications for the group before making that kind of decision. And the ATO has kindly invited taxpayers to approach them if they are interested in agreeing on a low risk position in the green zone going forward to, to come forward and talk with them about seeking a APA to agree on those outcomes with the ATO. And that could also include a voluntary disclosure about your transfer pricing position historically. And the ATO is effectively offering an amnesty where if you agree to that green zone outcome and as part of that make adjustments to your prior year positions, then they won't impose penalties or interest provided you come forward within 12 months of this guidance being released, which is their amnesty period. So those I think are the key options that are available to you and um, which one is relevant for you will really depend on your facts and circumstances. Thanks a lot, both of you, for, for some really, really insightful comments on what we've seen so far um, transpired out of the application of, of, of this new TCG. For me, listening to both of you, the key takeaway from our discussion is that um, this PCG released by DTO is, is really all about influencing um, domestic um, taxpayer behavior. Um, but in this new post-BEPS uh, world of transparency, it can obviously have some much farther reaching implications that, than simply here um, in the Australian domestic market. So really the key to navigating the implications of tools such as the PCG is really to be able to identify uh, and engage with the key stakeholders uh, within the multinational in developing a response uh, that, that's really appropriate, not only for the local company, but also for, um, uh, for the broader group uh, as a whole. 
Um, and what our experience has really showed to date in engaging with our clients is that um, whereas we can expect this process to be uh, a relatively quick one at times, um, it, it does tend to be a little bit more lengthy. So give yourselves plenty of time in engaging and developing a response to this new PCG. As I mentioned earlier, uh, the PCG on inbound distribution arrangements is really the third PCG that the ATO has released um, from a transfer pricing perspective, along with the PCG uh, on hubs and, in, and on intercompany financing. Um, but, but we certainly know and expect that there are more of these PCGs to, to be released shortly by the ATO. So, so keep an eye out for, for updates on these. Um, this really brings us to the end of our podcast. It's, uh, it's pretty incredible to see how quickly 15 minutes can, can go by. But if you have any questions um, on any of the topics that we discussed today, please do not hesitate to reach out to Ed, Sarah, or me, uh, or obviously any other member of the Australian Transfer Pricing Practice. So again, thank you, and Dana, back to you. Great. Thank you, Kareem, Ed, and Sarah. And thank you to our listeners. As Kareem mentioned, if you have any questions or if you would like more information, please contact one of the speakers. You can find their contact information in the description of this episode on our TP Talks website at pwc.com forward slash TP Talks. Thank you for listening. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.